Yes, in a way, it is my party, and I will cry if I want to. And we are, in fact, willing to bet that you'd cry too if it happened to you. But no, we, we know it was sadness, the passing of um, legendary singer-songwriter Leslie Gore. She topped the charts back in 1963 with It's My Party. She followed that up with the hits Judy's Turn to Cry and the feminist anthem You Don't Own Me. She died earlier this week at age 68. Noted her partner of 33 years, Lois Sasson. She was a wonderful human being, caring, giving, a great feminist, great woman, great human being, great humanitarian. We did note back in 2005 that Leslie Gore had released Ever Since, which was her first album in 30 years. Her obituary noted that uh, in spite of her moving forward with her music, she was sure to revisit older hits in front of fans. Gore told the New York Times back in 2005, if I've learned anything in this business, it's how stupid would it be not to do It's My Party when people came to hear it. She officially came out to the public when she hosted several episodes of the PBS series In the Life, which dealt with gay and lesbian issues. And although I do want to talk about Gary Owens, I think this will be an excuse to try and bring Mark Evanier back onto this program to embellish some of the remarks he had to make about his, his episode with his mom in the car and, and a lot more. I know he was very close to Gary Owens. All right, at this point, I think we need to cite a couple of Headline, page one articles from the Sacramento Bee by the same author from 11 Days Apart. The first is a bit of idiocy, although we do like Matt Weiser, the reporter, but the headline is a bit of idiocy. It's titled, Water Savings Meets State's Goals at Last. And it goes to the usual rigmarole BS about how this county is saving and that county is saving and blah, blah, blah. We remind you, as reported on this program, that alfalfa uses 20% of the state's water. 20% equal to that of the state's urban needs. We remind you that the alfalfa is subsidized. So farmers in the Imperial Valley are paying something like one twentieth the amount per acre foot as urban users. And because it's so cheap, they don't bother to conserve. They simply waste something like a third of their allotment by letting it evaporate from the fields. And even worse, as we reported several weeks ago, a lot of that alfalfa hay then gets shipped overseas or, of course, then fed to cattle. Which is why I take no crap whatsoever from any people trying to look, look askance at me for having a small lawn. But the real fun comes in the headline from 11 Days Later, from the piece also by Matt Weiser, assisted by Philip Reese, which is, Socio-religious study reveals the pontiff to be a Catholic. Actually, that's only a slight exaggeration. The real headline is, State growth threatens water conservation goal. We're going to store this item in the duh file. If real estate interests continue to bring everyone to California and build out in the desert as they do, well, I was almost going to say we're going to run out of water. But the fact of the matter is, we've pretty much run out of water. We have a, a great quote here from the duh file. The February 15th B piece has this quote. The subheadline of this piece is, if projections hold, 2030 population will... Soak up prior savings. To quote from it, California water agencies are on track to satisfy a state mandate to reduce water consumption 20% by 2020. But according to their own projections, that savings won't be enough to keep up with the population growth just a decade later. The 2009 state law requires urban water agencies, I guess that's not the alfalfa growers, to reduce per capita water consumption 20% by 2020. 
That's compared with the use at the start of the century. Most agencies are reportedly on track to reach that goal and have made even more progress thanks to emergency cuts over the past year triggered by the ongoing drought. But by 2030, the the data shows, these savings will more than be erased by anticipated population growth. Does this surprise anyone? Of course, I I love the, the photos that accompany this piece. They show a sprinkler in Fresno flooding the gutter. But I noticed the bee photographers have yet to show a picture of the flooded alfalfa fields. There's an entire mentality that growth is good and that growth will make us better that needs to get addressed somewhere along the way. We've been trying to talk about this in the show for years. But since the real estate industry, which depends on water, seems to drive the economy of this state and uh, have an undue influence on what appears in the media, I would add, you see headlines like this, again from the Sacramento Bee, not to pick on the Bee, it's a good organization, but the headline is, New Elk Grove Construction Spurs Hope for Housing Market. Sure, let's build like crazy down in Elk Grove, that'll fix everything. We liked the letter to the editor, we liked the subsequent letter to the Bee by Gary Simmons, who wrote from Walnut Grove to say, regarding New Elk Grove Construction Spurs Hope for Housing Market, okay, answer this question, aren't we still in a drought? So why are we building new homes? We're constructing homes with grass yards. Where are we getting the extra water from? Los Angeles? Long as you're building new homes, we should not have to conserve. We will. We promise. Continue to follow the story. It's about time we got Burt Wilson back on the show, Mr. McMillan. Yes, it is. And Matt Weiser, too. And speaking of water diversion catastrophes, let's talk about what's going on in China for just a minute. Over in China, they're shipping water from the south of the country to the north. The central route of the North-South Water Project is China's largest public works undertaking since the Three Gorges Dam, and it is similarly contentious. It consists of a 400-foot-wide canal, aqueducts, and other waterworks that stretch 800 miles to Beijing. Environmentalists have pointed out that these water diversions are sure to damage the ecology of the Han and Lower Yangtze rivers. Oh, and construction of that canal also prompted the forced relocation of 100,000 people. Piece by Stuart Leavenworth, McClatchy Foreign Staff, which I'm quoting from here, notes that the last month the National Academy of Science in the U.S. published a paper by several water researchers warning that the water stress in China will only increase without better water pricing and more emphasis on water efficiency and conservation. Like I said, we're going to keep on this one. Let's, uh, let's cite a couple of follow-up items from previous discussions on this program. We talked about how the discovery of umami and umami receptors in the tongue makes a lot of the MSG controversy a tempest in a teapot. But apropos to that, we have this item. Apparently, kelp tea might help elderly people regain their appetite. Evidently, five years ago, Takashi Sasano at Tohoku University in Japan found that some elderly people became less able to taste umami while their ability to taste sweet, sour, bitter, and salt remained intact. This coincided with a loss of appetite and weight, possibly because of all the flavors, umami stimulates the most salivation, which in turn whets appetite. Sasano has now shown that MSG-rich kelp tea, which gives a huge umami kick, boosts elderly people umami taste along with their appetite. So there you go. MSG gets a bad rap, but the evidence that it's harmful is scant. And we mentioned the story about Dominique Strauss-Kahn on this program, who got in a little bit of trouble in New York City and got arrested a few years back. The one-time socialist 
party leader in France, who was considered to be a leading candidate to become the next president of the country, well, he's in trouble again. He's accused of taking part in um, orgies, which evidently involved prostitutes. Now, prostitution is not illegal in France, but apparently procuring and pimping is. So to quote from the week, at his pimping trial this week, former French presidential hopeful Dominique Strauss-Kahn said he's been too busy saving the world to join in many of the sex parties he's accused of helping to organize. Referring to his attendance at orgies, Strauss-Kahn said, it was four times a year, not more than that. It wasn't this out-of-control activity. At trial, Strauss-Kahn repeated his defense he didn't know the women were paid saying his friends hid the information from him, saying many people wanted to make me happy. Our understanding at Radio Parallax is there was also gambling going on. All right, in closing, we note that we're going to try and bring on uh, Jim DiEugenio on in this program the next two weeks. He's taken a rather cynical view of this uh, supposed attack on Sony by North Korea. We think this is worth talking about in view of the fact that the Obama administration this week announced it would create an agency to deal with the growing threat of cyber attacks. The Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center will be modeled on the National Counterterrorism Center, which was created after the 9-11 attacks, to share intelligence. Lisa Monaco, President Obama's top aide for Homeland Security, specifically cited North Korea's recent hack of Sony Pictures and said such attacks could have devastating consequences. Sure, imagine if hackers had gotten a hold of, say, Hangover 3. And that about does it for today's program, which was produced by Edward McMillan. Our thanks to Richard Talcott of Astronomy Magazine. And if you're not completely sick of my voice, you might want to tune in tomorrow on KDVS at 4.30, or I will be the guest on... Story time with Tummy Bumper, or I'm not sure. Anyway, whatever the name is, I'll be on it tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll see you then.